Welcome to Cellmate. Welcome to Cellmate. My name is Kate Phillips. Uh, I'm Dick Ward. And we are a podcast that takes two animated movies. We compare, contrast them, throw them into a Venn diagram, uh, and talk about them, uh, play with them. Why do I ever do the intro? You do it so well. Oh, thanks. Often these movies are Disney. But not always. Often they are musicals. Uh, Kate, not always. Often they are good. Not always. Dick, let's... I have a I have a proposition today. I, I was we didn't discuss I wanna, this I beforehand. Take, I want to take a journey. Oh, into the unknown, into the woods, into the woods, into the into the into, into the, woods. the woods, into the wo- Oh, both of those are in compound meter. Whoa, we can make a mashup of all three of those songs. Cool. Welcome so to the podcast that where you have no idea where we're talking about. Now that we've lost our audience. Um, Dick. Oh. You go. No, you go. I always ask this question. Nope, you go. What am I drinking? Mm. I. (laughs) We are going into the unknown and into the woods today, and our drink is called Into the Woods. Whoa. But our movies are not called Into the Woods. We are not. We did not watch Into the Woods, uh, the musical that. I like the film version, but Kate doesn't like it so much. It but I haven't like, seen it live, so it seems like someone should make it into an animated movie. That'd be great. That'd be great. Like there are a few musicals that I just think would translate really well. Like Aida. Oh, I'm gonna turn my let laptop me, on. The let page. me ask you a question. Um, for the End of the Woods cartoon musical, yeah. Who does Jack McBrayer play? I mean, um, probably the most obvious choice would be the. Um, the carriage driver great. that takes the Cinderella's step. Hey, Cinderella! Out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, cool. He dies. He dies. One of the early. He's one of the earlier deaths. Oh, that's okay. That's not. A, oh, spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler there alert. There are deaths in the musical Into the Woods. It, it there's a second act. There if is. you've only done the kids <laughs> version or the high school version, uh, there's a second act. Good luck, um, Dick. Our, our drink is called Into the Woods. Kate, it's I one saw of the better ones two that... paths diverged in the oh. yellow wood, and I took the one with all the tangents you did. and forgot forgot to talk about our main topic. Let's go. Um, our drink is called Into the Woods mm. because it's got some cider elements. I guess that's why it's called Into the Woods. Mm. Bourbon and cider and ginger beer. It's I one mean, of the best drinks we've had on this show. I would also drink this like on a on a like a hike through the woods. Yeah. Like, it's a very autumnal drink. Yeah. Very fall. Dick, what do you imagine you might see on a hike in the woods? Owls. Okay. Um, probably like an old mill. Okay. Um, like a donkey. <laughs> a donkey. Um, yeah. You you Pup- interpreted puppets. the word woods as like the forest. Yeah. But also, I suppose you could walk through... Um, a a marionette shop, and be in woods like the puppets are all made of oh, wood. Oh yeah. Um, and then then you would be closer to our episode movies. Oh, you know what else I might see? This is the part I'm not good at. The I transitions. Might see Mrs. Garbushian and Mrs. Ray and Mrs. Lazar, my elementary school teachers in the school I went to, Novi Woods. 
Aw. Yeah. You went into the woods. That's right. Shout out. Shout out to Mrs. Garbushian. What's up? Well, today (laughs) we are doing some wood based (laughs) movies. Um, But, you know, happy October and spooky month. Um, Happy Rocktober. Oh. Oh, I guess. That's a rock fact. (laughs) Oh, I thought that's what you were going for. Oh, that's great. We are doing. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Disney's Pinocchio. Yeah. And Over the Garden Wall. Yes. Happy spooky month. Happy woodsy. And yeah, like just fall. Yeah. Coming of age stories. Depression. They both have lots of spooky. <laughs> they both have some of that too. Yeah. Um, these are not the most chipper movies no. the whole time through. Well, Pinocchio almost gets thrown into a chipper. Does he? No, no that's not true. That would be say. more of a... Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Pinocchio is a... Traditional movie, uh, Disney's second of ever. Really? Yeah. Bambi was supposed to be first, but they ran into some production problems, so they bumped it up. So this is number two. Yeah. And Over the Garden Wall. Disney's third movie. Plays. No? Can be played like a movie, but um, I guess we'll get more into this when we talk about the actual film, but it's a mini series, an animated mini series that aired on Cartoon Network in 2014, but... They're eleven minute episodes, so it's total ten episodes, a runtime of a hundred and ten minutes, which is still shorter than Frozen Two. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, and I so it counts. If you haven't seen Over the Garden Wall, like do yourself a favor and watch it. Um, but my description of this uh, earlier was: uh, it's a movie that seems like it was done by a bunch of art students who got together and was like, "Let's make a movie," because mm-hmm. there are shout outs to like classical music that you might learn in as a music, music major school, yeah. you might learn like a lot of old animation animation references like old disney yeah lots of old disney very much yeah um oh man i'm so excited to talk about these movies we've been yeah. like waiting on this episode because like oh we need to do it in october but we like thought of it like last november yeah we've been so wanting we've... to do it since <laughs> yeah since we've waited the season a while ended. yeah um so super excited. Yeah. Should we start with Pinocchio since it comes, you know, some 70 years earlier? <laughs> yeah. Let's start with Pinocchio. Right, start with there. Kate, what's your experience with Pinocchio? Pinocchio is one of the um, first Disney movies I saw. Um, that puts you in the same category as most people. As most people. <laughs> the anyone s- who saw it at the time. <laughs> everyone who saw them in order. What, what do you believe was your first? So here's the thing, like, I I grew up during the time period where the Renaissance movies were coming out, yeah. and Disney was, it was like a cycle of re-release mm-hmm. of old films. So honestly, I think I saw Snow White and Pinocchio and Beauty and the Beast, like, all in the same 12-month period, weird. right, in the yeah. theaters. But of course you would. Why would you not? Right. But weird. Yeah. And it's either, I've said this before, but it's either Snow White or Pinocchio where I burned my finger on an iron right before going to the theater with my grandma. <laughs> uh-huh. So I had like, you know, a band-aid. old school. Yeah, Band-Aid and like whatever they used before Neosporin was a thing. Yeah. It was like more of like a pasty. Do you remember what, do you remember Neosporin before Neosporin? Like Andy ointment maybe? Or? Yeah. It smelled funny. Yeah. Um, so I had a Band-Aid on during... I I bet it was Pinocchio because then, I mean, that would make more sense tonally to kind of like be in a little bit of pain and 
unsettled discomfort Actually, the whole time. Actually, yeah, that would be really good with Pinocchio. So, so I saw Pinocchio in a theater. That was my first. That's crazy um, to me. But it wasn't it, like it wasn't in super heavy rotation growing up. But right. I've seen it probably a few times in my life, but not in a while. Yeah, had you seen it at all recently? Mm-mm. No, not as an adult. No. Yeah, that that kind of pairs with my experience. I definitely saw Pinocchio a lot as a kid. I definitely knew the songs from like um, Disney sing along oh, yeah. songs. Um. And, like, if you've seen one Disney movie, well, if you've seen any Disney movie but, like, Frozen or Frozen 2, uh-huh. then you know When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah. Because that's, like, the intro yeah. to Disney movies, except for Frozen and Frozen 2. For some no, reason. they're mixing it up a lot more now. I don't like it. I think When You Wish Upon a Star needs to be the thing. It's the best. It was especially a 90s one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I knew that for sure. Um, And yeah, I also haven't seen this in a while. Um, And I just want to give a heads up to our listeners. Uh, It is now autumn in New York, which Mm -hmm. means our radiator is going to be turning on. Yeah. And then it's going to be turning off. And we're not stopping the podcast to to deal with it. We aren't. Uh, You're just, it's going to be fine. You know what? In this episode, it's kind of like a spooky effect. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. There's kind of a like, spooky like a ghost. ghost or something. Yeah, there's a spooky, um, scary ghost. Yeah. I think it works. Yep. Or a, a, a whale. What sound does a whale make? Well, it when could be a like, whale ghost. I know what sound a whale makes, but like yeah. it could be like a whale like sucking in things. Like through its... Monstro's probably dead. Monstro. Well, it's been 70 years. We'll talk about Monstro. Monstro's also not a whale. Clearly not a whale. It's like... Charlie's uh, bird with teeth on Always Sunny. Like, whale with teeth. Yeah. No. Which, I mean, orcas do, but he's not an orca. He's not an orca. So, I don't... He's a hybrid. Anyway. uh, Yep. Dick, would you like to summarize Pinocchio? Yeah, can you put two minutes on a cookie timer for me? I sure would. Um, If I can unlock my phone. There we go. Dick, you've got two minutes to summarize the movie Pinocchio. Ready, set, a go. Okay, there's a sad old man, and he makes clocks, and also he made a puppet, and he told his cat and his fish that he wants the puppet to be a real boy. And guess what? This fairy comes down and is like, yo, this puppet's uh, alive. It's not a real boy yet, but puppet, you can be alive if you uh, are good. And Jiminy Cricket really is into this fairy. Um, (laughs) So then Geppetto, the sad old man, is like, hey, cool puppet who is alive for the first time ever go to school have fun and then the puppet gets waylaid by uh literally anything because of course he does um so there's this like fox and this cat and they train him they like take him to this dude stromboli uh to be a performer performing puppet because <laughs> of course a show puppet so Stromboli like kidnaps Pinocchio to make him a celebrity. Anyway, Pinocchio gets out of there, and then Geppetto's gone. Looking for him because he's looking for him. But Geppetto gets swallowed by a whale, and Pinocchio goes to the island of Fantasy Treasure Island, Pleasure Island, Misfit Roller Coaster. Um, yeah, where there's like all these cool roller coasters and stuff, and then he gets turned. 
halfway into a donkey and other kids get turned into a donkey and they smoke and drink booze, which is awesome. More kids should drink in movies. <laughs> and uh, then Pinocchio's like, oh, I got to get Geppetto out of this whale. So he goes and finds this whale. They start a fire in the whale's head. <laughs> and the whale sneezes them out. And then Pinocchio's a real boy. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Hey. Boop, 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 boop. There it is. Did I, did I miss anything? No, you got like every scene. That's like how just how much this movie takes its time telling the story. It's like, 90 minutes. It's not like a I dumbo. Sum- I summarized the first half hour where when I said there's a sad old man. <laughs> yes. That's like a majority of the beginning of Pinocchio. It's just this kooky, sad old guy yeah. with with a hobby. Yeah. It's like so- me if I was single. And slightly older and more German. Yeah. Uh, Italian, right? More Italian. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. This movie is is slow. It it's just kind of very chill about telling its story or not telling its story. Yep. This is a period where Disney is still figuring it out. Well, it's figuring it out, but just the fact that you know a a film studio was able to string together 90 minutes of cartoon and there's kind of an arc and there's like the characters are the same and it there's a beginning middle and end yeah. is just so amazing to everyone at the time and there's so many technological advances in every single one of these movies as yeah. they come out that Pinocchio has a very high standing in the world of animation right like it's yeah. on a lot of top lists for all time animation um, certainly the we were reading a, what, 100 best moments in animation Yeah, list. I think it was Vulture. Yeah. But yeah, 100 best uh, like moments in animation. Or, yeah. or most influential scenes. Right. Which is, it's really interesting because they've got like that, like Hanna-Barbera, like scrolling stuff mm-hmm. was like, not great, but it was very influential. Right. Um, and they've got like a bunch of like cool stuff I've never even heard of. Well, and like Japanese and mm-hmm. Czech animation. Yeah. A lot of, we're going to be going, we're going to be digging into this list for probably years on this podcast. Yeah. And um, if anything to stop from having to watch uh, Food Fight or the Emoji <laughs> movie or Shrek at Ralph 2 again. Um. But on this list, Pinocchio is recognized specifically for its um, water animation. Which is gorgeous. It is. It's really good. I mean, and this list, you know, specifically calls out, like, this is how water was done until CGI. This is, mm-hmm. like, the gold standard for 70 years. Yeah. Um, like, the whole Monstro, like, chase scene is just yeah. just spectacularly animated. Mm-hmm. You could tell, like, there's... It's just an incredible amount of work and time put into getting it exactly the way they wanted it. And it's, yeah. it's so pretty. Yeah. That said, for as, as well as it's animated, and I do feel like watching this movie, I am less distracted by the visuals being now 80 years old mm-hmm. and more by like the storytelling just being you yeah. know, a, a product of its time. It's not how storytelling is done anymore. Yeah. But like the the animation never once took me out of the movie. No, no. Um, which is really cool. 
But that being said, I, I was listening to your plot summary that was completely accurate. Thank you. And not making anything up. And it sounds like you were telling me about a dream you had. Yes. Right? Like, uh, they set a fire in the whale, uh, and then the whale sneezes him out. Did and, I tell uh, you about the dream I had? And the puppet turns into a boy, no, which, last night? Yeah. No, go. So, I... <sighs> Should I put two minutes on a cookie timer? No, because it'll be quicker than that. <laughs> the things I remember is, I was flying, like, back and forth between places. Like, remember I had that dream where, like, we flew to china and then flew to india so we could look at it i don't know so this one we were like i i was flying alone like back and forth to like michigan and new york or something or like Mm -hmm. the it might have been iowa the midwest i don't know and i was sitting in a special seat that they called the metal seat (laughs) um which is like half outside the plane because it was like cheaper so you were like that monster from the Twilight Zone episode? Yeah. You okay? Yeah. Great. But it was just like half outside. So half J- of sure, was inside. Um, and the plane <laughs> like floated down when it landed. Did a whale sneeze fire? No. Oh. Well, That's all. I had a dream last night that I was at like a cocktail party with Ooh. theater people from my high school. Aww. We were like sharing hors d'oeuvres and oh. not enough people were wearing masks. Like my dream... Sounds safer. And then I woke up and I was like, for like a few seconds, upset that we weren't wearing masks in our bed. <laughs> like, oh, we should be wearing masks. Oh, no, no this we, is fine. We live together. This is it's fine. Okay. okay. Yeah. We're, we're in each other's zone. Anyway, dreams. Yeah. yeah I recommend, and- I recommend them. Um, <laughs> MVP is obviously the plane because it carried me. Uh, no, so so yeah, Speaking, Pinocchio is mm-hmm. is. Funny. It is dreamlike. Yeah, it is dreamlike and kind of it. It doesn't feel super tethered to reality. Yeah, at any point in time, there are some down to earth moments, but it's just kind of a fantasy fairy tale, um, and it and it reads as such. Yeah. But speaking of dreams and nightmares, oh my god, yeah. Um, over the garden wall, <laughs> also reads like a dream. Yeah, but. Nightmare. I mean, lots of Pinocchio reads mm-hmm. like a nightmare, honestly, sometimes more so than Over the Garden Wall, which yeah. is specifically crafted to resemble a nightmare. It feels like a comfy nightmare. Which one? Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. Whereas Pinocchio feels like a hot sweats nightmare. Yeah. In many scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comfy nightmare. That's a great way. Thank you. Dick, you introduced me to garden, Over the Garden Wall, so yes. I'd like you to speak about it first, uh, your history. I love this show. Um, this was introduced to me by my friend Samantha back in Michigan, who made me a rock fact rock, Aww. which I lost in the move. Uh, but she also gave me um, the bird scissors oh. from the show, which I do still have. They are impractical for cutting nose hair. They are very sharp. <laughs> Yikes. They're very I pointy. I didn't know you had the bird scissors. Yeah. Have I seen them? Probably. And just didn't know? Wow. Yeah. They're like golden, so golden bird scissors. They're yeah. really cool, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, the first time I saw an episode of this, I was hooked because it, it strikes the kind of mix between like nostalgia and nightmare and, Mm. um, I don't know, comfort. It's, it's very strange to describe, but there's a feeling that I get when I watch it. I'm just like, "Mm, yep, this Mm. is my zone. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of like. 
being like a little bit sick, but still like mm. feeling good enough to like eat some ice cream uh-huh. under a big blanket and watching Never Ending Story. Mm. Right? Like Never Ending Story was a kids movie, but it was like weird, scary. Like it Dude, had that, that makes a lot of sense. It has that kind of vibe to me where I just feel right at home. Right. It's it's kind of it's a different medium, but it's a similar feel to like the creepy Henson puppets mm-hmm. where like I know that like there's something familiar about these because I know what Muppets are. Yeah. But also these are like grotesque and mm-hmm. weird. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's it's like uh, it it reminds me of a fairy tale. Yeah. Not in the Disney way, but mm. in the fairy tales are scary. In like the grim original. Yeah, meant Grimm's to brothers. teach you a lesson and people like die or get turned into wood or whatever yeah. so it it like has that vibe to me and mm-hmm. i really love it uh it's created by patrick is it P- pemberton Not no patrick McHale. McHale, yeah um uh he, he um worked on adventure time uh various other things i think the misadventures of flapjack mm-hmm. um and just it's like it's a passion project and you can tell it's 11 episodes like you said 10, 10 episodes, episodes 11 minutes 11 each minutes episode. each and then there's like one uh floating around you can find a uh kind of pitch episode that they made and yeah it's great i love it i was introduced to this by you what um and how did that go the first time it was so okay all right, we watched it. I remember we watched it um, via projector mm-hmm. on my wall in my old apartment. Um, and I uh, really liked it, but I spent most of the 110 minutes trying to figure out what mystery I was supposed to solve. And there's like kind of some, but uh-huh. I like wanted... I wanted it to fit together. I wanted Dolly to be a recluse, who, right? Like I wanted. Who told you that it was a mystery? No one. Great. No one. But here's the thing: you the just had in your mind, you see, this is a mystery. I have to solve the it. The first thing you see is a frog playing the piano and then smiling at you, and like that tells you something's up, yeah. right? Like, and there's like the, just all of these total non sequitur shots of like. Like, uh, you know, turkeys pulling a plow and a pumpkin head waving hello. And you're like, what the what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and then it just like then it just uh, has these two boys walking through the woods like everything's fine. And yeah. you're like, what what am I watching? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out in the same way as like a Twilight Zone episode of like, OK, what's the what's the twist that right. they're not telling me about yet? And there there is one. But yeah, but it's. I, it doesn't, I don't think it's one you're supposed it's to... It's less about the mystery, more about the journey. Yeah. It's not a mystery. It's a moral. But certainly there were several scenes in this miniseries that scared the crap out of me. Um, and they continue to be some of the scariest visuals I've ever seen. And this includes the letter people. I'm the highwayman. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. The highwayman in I work particular. With my hands. All right, so I'm going to try to summarize. (laughs) I'm going to miss a lot because there are 10 episodes. It's not necessarily a movie, but it it is. Like, Like you should watch it 
in one go. But each episode has like a small. I'm not going to tell you about all ten adventures they go on. No, just give us right. give us the best you can. Right. You got two minutes on the cookie timer. I do. Ready, set, go. Two half brothers, uh, Wirt and Gregory, are wandering through a woods, and they realize they are lost. Wirt is the older one, and he is like pretty serious. And Gregory is the younger one, and he is pretty unserious. Oh. He has a rock. He tells rocks facts. He's all about non sequiturs and making up songs, and it's great. But they're trying to find their way home, and on the way, they run into a lot of weird things, like a town of pumpkin people who are really skeletons underneath and like a bird who was cursed by a witch (laughs) and so uh they need to find their way home but um all the while they kind of have this specter over them of the beast that this woodsman has told them about and this woodsman has to keep this lantern lit because it's his dead daughter and the beast is like not blackmailing him but like her spirit yeah Yeah. uh you know, if you let that fire go out, then her spirit goes out. And the beast is like looking for children, so that's weird. Anyway, there are other adventures. They like find this woman in a schoolhouse whose fiance is a guy in a monkey suit now, and they make up a song about potato and molasses, and uh, you know, there's a frog. But really, what you find out the second to last episode is these two kids were out trick or treating in Halloween in modern times, mm-hmm. and. Wirt gets embarrassed by um, a crush that he's trying to do a cassette tape for, and Gregory tries to fix it, but they mess it up. And then they end up in a graveyard, and they end up over a garden wall escaping. And then they land in a pond, and they are drowning. And so this whole thing in the quote-unquote unknown, these spooky woods that have all these weird things, is kind of like them half dying. And they're like nightmares while they're doing that. So the beast captures Wirt, but then Gregory trades his life for Wirt's and starts doing the beast um, stuff. But turns out the beast is in the lantern. And as soon as they let the lantern go out, the beast is fine. And then the boys wake up and they're saved. And it's modern times again. But the frog is still glowing. How yeah. could that be? Maybe the unknown happened. Yeah. This is so cool. You did you did a really good job. Over and the like, garden wall is so cool, and I missed so much because it's so as many you were ex- As you were explaining it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. That's great. That's great." I was getting excited about the show. Yeah. That you were explaining in two minutes. But also, like the parts that I was explaining, take about two minutes of the total runtime, right? Yeah. Or like not two minutes, but it's only a minute or so an episode where you're kind of. Um, focusing on this longer arc. Yeah. It's more about them meeting a new strange group of characters and then resolving a conflict, a like tiny um, conflict in there. Yeah. And like every episode is like similar, but different tonally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every episode like continues the story. Yeah. But is its own thing. Like, like the, uh, Uncle Endicott episode, the tea guy. Mm. Like, you could watch that on its own. Yeah. You wouldn't be missing it. You'd just be right. like, oh, I don't really know what he's talking about at the beginning and the end, right. but fine. Right. Uh, and a lot of the episodes are like that, but they still are a piece of the bigger arc. And some of the episodes are like more integrated into the main story than others. I cannot, do you, maybe your friend Samantha, I cannot imagine watching this over five nights, two episodes at a time, because that's how it was aired on Cartoon Network. It was like the week after Halloween, and it was, yeah, five installments, and the episodes are 11 minutes, so it fits nicely into a half hour block of two. Yeah, I can't imagine like tuning in Wednesday and being like, what? Uh, No. 
Because I think that the, the first episode yeah. sets up... The first episode, I think, is the the spookiest without knowing anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like the most disjointed episode. And it sets this tone of like, oh, my stomach is going to be queasy this whole time. But yeah. it's like a comfort nauseous, yeah. right? Like a, like a nauseous. Why did I say that? It was weird. Nauseous. Nauseous. <laughs> um, it's like a comfortable nauseous. Uh and so you have that kind of like mood in the back of your mind every subsequent episode. And up until the last two episodes, it never gets quite that intense again in mm-hmm. terms of like the night, like they dial up the nightmare yeah. elements of it. So I think if you miss that first episode, I don't know where you kind of yeah. orient yourself in a lot of these. I So... Was the first episode my first episode? Yeah, I think it was. I think I watched them in order. Yeah, I I think that's interesting. And I think one thing that I think is kind of similar in Pinocchio and Over the Garden Mm -hmm. Wall is that from, from the beginning in Over the Garden Wall and from a certain point in Pinocchio, there is real danger. Mm. Like, Wirt and Gregory get chased by this giant wolf. Oh, yeah. And yeah, mm-hmm. it like dis- they and it destroy the woodsman's house. Mm-hmm. The woodman is like screaming about the beast and warning them of the beast the whole time. And mm-hmm. they're like, don't worry, we took care of the beast. It's it's fine. Yeah. He's like, that's not the beast. That's a dog. Yeah. Um, and like it, there's a real threat. And, you yeah. know, like, oh, this is actually dangerous. And Pinocchio is one of the few Disney movies where like, and maybe it's because it's so early in the, in the Disney Mm -hmm. run, but like, I don't really know if everyone's going to make it out of there. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Like I technically know because I've seen the movie, but like, you know, Geppetto, when he's gone, it's kind of like, well, we assume he went to look for Pinocchio, but is he okay? Is it right? Is this the end of Geppetto? Which in the in the original like Pinocchio series, I think it might be. So that is interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, Pinocchio is based on oh, right, stories right. from the late eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, that Dick, you know more about this. You research more. Uh, yeah. So th- it was like um, it was it was uh, I'm trying to say a series of serials without saying <laughs> a series of. But it was it was prevented in, in serial format in like a, a monthly or weekly magazine. The Adventures of Pinocchio, yeah. There we go. And um so like there was a new thing ever it was it was presented in like installments like that. Mm-hmm. It was eventually like cancelled or stopped or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the fans were like, No, you got finished this. <laughs> and so they brought it back. And I think like after reading the plot of the original Pinocchio story, which is absolutely nuts. Uh-huh. I'm like, I understand why Pinocchio is the way it is. The movie. Yeah, because the the movie is a little episodic mm-hmm. for a movie. There's some stuff that doesn't really make sense. The tone is kind of shifty all over the place. Yeah. But they cobbled together. Like, you know, describing the plot of Pinocchio was like a series of story beats and right. a series of different things happening. But the original Pinocchio story is just like, 
Okay, now they're in the whale. Now uh, Pinocchio kills a cricket that's like talks. Yeah. And now this. And now, the, and it's just like, it reminds me of like Wizard of Oz where it's like, mm. okay, if we want to tell this in 90 minutes, we've got to cut a bunch of stuff. That's... We've got to borrow stuff from a couple places and smush something together. That's a great analogy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, original, I just, I just clicked open the Wikipedia page. Did you know that Pinocchio is the most translated non-religious book in the world? That's correct. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the original sound a lot more just kind of weird and yeah. absurd and Disney kind of smoothed out some edges and however it it is serial and it is very episodic and it very much feels it feels much more related to like, you know, silly symphonies and Mickey cartoons than, you know, 80 years later in the Disney canon sure. right where they kind of get a little bit more um I don't even want to say sophisticated, but linear about yeah. their storytelling. And structurally, it's much different than Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. There are no acts in Pinocchio. There are several right. acts. Um, yeah. And yet it feels much more like a story than Sword of the Stone. Right. Which is serials that are not connected to each other. Like, right. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's interesting. I, I wonder... Disney, I don't think, had any ever had any plans to have it be a serial. Right. But I wonder how it would have worked out if they had made it more like a serial where like, you and know, more like something like Mickey, right? Where like he has these different adventures. Or, or... something like um the Alice yeah. shorts, right? Yeah. Like Disney made a bunch of Alice in Wonderland shorts. With a live action Alice. With a live yeah. action Alice and like those were apparently really great. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them, um, but 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 like Pinocchio is really great, right? It's yeah. got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But how much of that is right? Like nostalgia, or how much of it is the influence? The influence, and I think same. Like, well, I don't know. I haven't seen the Alice shorts, but I, I like, wonder how much of the like the Alice shorts are really good is based in oh they're really good or. They were really good for the 1930s. But it's also, I think, the first time animation and live action were married. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I think the first Alice short was... I think it was the, certainly the first time it was done well. Yeah. Like, notably well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then notably less well as Walt Disney lost interest and stopped <laughs> giving it funding. So, Over the Garden Wall is a serial on purpose, right? <laughs> Pinocchio is a serial adapted into a movie. Over yeah. the Garden Wall is a serial adapt a, a serial in the in Patrick from, McHale's head from creation. Yeah. What What do you think are benefits of that? Like, what does Over the Garden Wall get to do as a serial that it wouldn't get to do if it was a one hundred and ten minute movie? One thing that I think is is really interesting is because I have watched ten episodes of mm-hmm. this. I have been on different adventures with beginnings, middles, and ends, mm. and different character growths, I feel like I know these characters really well. Mm-hmm. And they've probably got as much screen time as Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's probably the same amount of screen time, but because of the way that the story is crafted, mm-hmm. like, they're able to give me little bits of character development along the way yeah, rather than a lot towards the end mm-hmm. or something like that. So that's that's one advantage. Yeah. Um that's interesting. 
yeah, you. I like that idea of like each episode has a beginning, middle, and end, and that is on purpose as opposed to, you know, uh, probably Pinocchio has like five episodes in it, right? And there's a beginning, middle, and end, but because it is presented as one movie, it kind of feels like we're spinning wheels for a while. Like, yeah. well, we've already seen this. We happen. already know what's going it's on. It's just here. slightly different this time, but yeah. still, like. Honest John is swindling Pinocchio into doing something dumb. Yeah. And Jiminy it, Quick Cricket doesn't get there in time or isn't loud enough as a voice to if be If we heard, watched like, two episodes in a row where Honest John tried Pinoc- uh, trick Pinocchio mm-hmm. once, and that was the episode. Right. And then there's another episode where Honest John tricks Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Then like, fine, that's great. There's Oh, it's an Honest John episode. Great. Right. But because it happens like twice in a row in the movie, mm-hmm. it feels really weird. You're not you're not wrong. Yeah. It feels like spinning wheels. It, exactly. It, it, like, have, have we seen this scene before? Like, didn't, I also, didn't we get tricked just a minute ago? Did we not learn? I also think it's really interesting, like, thinking between the difference of characters, the difference in characters between Snow White and Pinocchio versus Pinocchio and Over the Garden Wall, right? Yeah. Like, Gregory and Wirt... Yes, you learn a little about them every episode, but they're also really great characters and really fleshed out. And their relationship illuminates their individual characters too, right? And Pinocchio, it has more fleshed out characters than Snow White, Mm. right? Like Snow White, you've got Snow White, who does not have a character. (laughs) The the evil queen Mm -hmm. has a character, but it's pretty one-dimensional. Sure. And the dwarves... Have characters, but they're not given a lot to do in terms of, like, action points. They're kind of there. But the dwarves are really entertaining. They're amazing. Whereas Pinocchio has more characters. Like, I feel like I know who Geppetto is. I know who Jiminy Cricket is. I know who Pinocchio is. I know who Honest John is. The other villains, not so much. And so it has technically more characters. (laughs) Right. And the character development is more than Snow White. But at the same time, I think because... Pinocchio is probably the least interesting character of those four. Um, I think the episodic uh, structure doesn't work as well as with something like Over the Garden Wall because I'm not interested to see, oh, what is Pinocchio going to do this time? He's very much a um, a a passive. Yeah. He's He's not doing anything to get himself out of these situations. It's like Jiminy Cricket saving him or the fates kind of. In the original story. Pinocchio kind of gets himself into those situations. He's like an asshole, He's right? He's mischievous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which kind of like Gregory, right? Like, Yeah, but it sounds like he's more... No, Pinocchio's an asshole. Yeah. But like... G- <laughs> this sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> oh, Pinocchio's In an asshole. Sto- I mean, Disney team talked about this yeah. and making him more likable from the stories to the movie. Yeah. But it's like Gregory and Wirt often are the cause of their own problems, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because they then learn that and they adapt or something, mm-hmm. right? Like they've learned something and they can grow as characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pinocchio, yeah, like he's supposed to learn to be honest. Like I that's mean, that's what the, the, the Blue Fairy says. She's yeah. like, if you be honest and good. Honest, brave, and selfless or something like that yeah. it's like uh, and things like, that aren't super distinct <laughs> yeah and he, he pinocchio's problem isn't that he like he does lie at one point which is fine that's 
much less of a it's out of nowhere than I thought. Yeah. Like that's the famous thing, right? Like yep. what is it? Washington Post is that? No, what what uses Pinocchios oh, as a? Metric? I think it's I think it's Wapo. Yeah, yeah. like five Pinocchios. You're a liar. Like, that's like the famous cultural reference from Pinocchio is that yeah. his nose grows when he lies, and that's like thirty seconds of the movie. It's barely a scene. It's and one it is. scene. I thought, straight out of nowhere well and i thought it was gonna come back too i thought okay now we know when he lies his nose grows that'll come back later no it does not his nose grows into a tree yeah like birds like are a in bird it. nest yeah it's weird um i can't remember what i was saying um pinocchio doesn't really learn he's always this passive yeah thing he's he i guess he's learns too trusting to be on yeah like, and it's not that he's a liar or he's mischievous or anything. He doesn't have any of those traits. And he, he just believes everyone because he doesn't know. And nothing about his response changes from episode to episode. You yeah. think the second time Honest John tries to trick him, he might be a little bit like, more skeptical. Oh, or I like, remember last time. I rem- you know, you no, sold me. He's got a goldfish. Like, he's got a, he's got a Cleo memory yeah. on him. Um, oh. Yeah. Huh. Look at my reference to That's the other right. goldfish. and. I love Cleo and Figaro. Can we pause to talk about that? Can we just talk about Figaro? Can the, Cleo and Figaro be their own movie? Yeah, fi- yeah. especially Figaro. Figaro the cat. might, yeah, Figaro's the cat and might be my number one Disney cat. Whoa. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, that's, I mean, Simba is mine. But, Sim- Simba's really good. But in Oliver, terms of like a house cat, yeah. But Figaro's yeah, great. Figaro's an awesome cat. Figaro is like the dwarfs in terms of like my enjoyment level yeah. of like, wh- why aren't we seeing more of this cat? The the like scene at the beginning where Geppetto is like going on and on about the wishing star or whatever. And Figaro is just like, let me go to sleep. Trying to fall asleep in his little cat bed. Oh, great. So good. Good stuff. Yeah. The shout out, Figaro. Great job. Yeah. yeah. I guess they did Bambi early, but I just... It's insane to me that Disney, in in the Walt Disney era, they didn't do m- more movies that were focused on animal characters. Yeah. Like animal universes, right? Like Bambi's kind of it in Disney's lifetime. Or Aristocats might be before Disney dies. But, yeah. And Dalmatians, I think, is yeah. maybe toward the end. But like, what were you doing doing all those people movies what? before? How can right? you draw, like, how can you animate the most perfect cat of all time? And, and then the just cat is not the most expressive character in the movie, and then not make like a hundred cat movies because yeah. I'd I'd watch every one of them. Well, and Jiminy Cricket as well. He doesn't. He's, he's not fine. as big of a part of the movie as I thought he was. Yeah. But then again, no one is. Kit. But like, there is there is care into his design. Yeah. To make him very likable, and he is. Can we talk about uh, the other part of this movie that we thought was a bigger part of this movie that it turns out is not in the movie? Yeah, uh, when you wish upon a star when is like you wish the theme a... song of the Disney Corporation. Yeah, it's it's the thing like between that and Zippity Doodah, and hopefully yeah. Zippity Doodah is a little bit They've less. They've taken these it days. out of the parks. Have they? Yeah, wow. they took it out of the mixes. Mm-hmm. Like when you wish upon a star is the Disney song, mm-hmm. and it's in the opening credits of this movie. It's like the it's the opposite bookend, but it's like. The equivalent of like a Peebo Bryson cover. Yeah. Right? Like it's like that's how much they care about it in yeah. the actual movie. It's, like, it's not even like Circle of Life where Circle of Life is 
plays over like, and technically opening. over the opening, mm-hmm. but also you're introduced to the characters mm-hmm. and it, it just happens. No, yeah, most of it is over names of animators, uh-huh. and then the very end of it, you see Jiminy Cricket singing at a night sky, and he's like, "Well, let me tell you a story about a puppet." One time, I wished upon a star, and uh, well, he didn't. Didn't well, yeah, Geppetto did, but Geppetto did. he's like singing to the star. I don't. Jiminy Cricket's just kind of there. Yeah. And the star ended up being like a Creole firefly. Is that, am I thinking of that right? Is that not right? That's the opposite. Jiminy oh. Cricket would be like the Creole firefly fair. singing to okay, a star who's fair. in love. Yeah, he is in love with the he's blue fairy. in love with a woman. Who might be the star. Yeah. That's, that's unfair Jiminy Cricket too. is in love with human women. Yes. And figurines of human women. Like. Jiminy Cricket is a little bit confused. He's, he's doing his best maybe. I don't I don't know about that. He uh he signs up to be this conscience, but he doesn't really know what a conscience does. Yeah. And, and he's, he's really, really bad, bad at, at it. it. Like Pinocchio almost dies several times. And like uh, <laughs> Jiminy Crit like there are so many times where Pinocchio's like, I wanna do this. And Jiminy Cricket's like, you shouldn't do that. And Pinocchio's like, why not? And then Jiminy Cricket's like, fine, go do it. I hope you die. And then, and there are consequences for Pinocchio. But but not for Jiminy. There's never a conversation at the end being like, hey, you should have listened to me. Whereas, like, I would argue that Gregory and Wirt have a Jiminy Cricket in the form of Beatrice, Mm -hmm. the bluebird Mm -hmm. that joins them. An unreliable Jiminy Cricket. Yes, she is unreliable because she is... She starts, you don't know this, but she starts out more like an Honest John character. Mm -hmm. She is leading them to their death or enslavement. Enslaved death. She doesn't know that that the witch wants them for enslavement, but why else would a witch want, like, little boys? Right. uh, Anyway, Beatrice is a bluebird who used to be a human but was cursed by a witch, and now all of her family is bluebird. She threw a rock at a bluebird. Yeah. And in order to turn back, she's got to bring children to this witch. Um, so she is, I mean, until you find that out, that's a couple episodes past her introduction. She is a voice of reason. Like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't go into this town where everyone has pumpkins on their heads. This seems wrong. (laughs) And then there's like a reconciliation, like there's a reconciling, right? Or a reckoning. That's what I meant. Like after it's done, like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's probably right. Like... Yeah, Beatrice is a little bit like, if you want, if you, she's a little bit like one of those like really annoying um, uh, YouTube videos being like, well, why did this happen? And why did this happen? And um, like, I don't know, like bad movie facts or something. Uh There's there's something I'm thinking of and I hate it, but I can't remember what it is. That's fine. Um, But she's kind of like that where she's just like, well, why would we go in here? This is scary. Why would we do this? Right. And like part of the reason they do some of these things is because like, okay, Beatrice, you're going to you're going to be like that. Well, we're definitely doing it now. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, it's a really fun and interesting character because uh, it just is. It's yeah. a fun and interesting character. I mean, she's the voice of reason yeah. for several episodes. And then you realize she's. <laughs> Maybe not any better than the Beast. She's yeah. And then there's a reckoning with that, but no. yeah, it's great. I I love Over the Garden Wall. I know, me too. So good. Everyone should see it. I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad. I really like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, especially compared to Pinocchio. But mm. 
uh, like talking about Pinocchio, I'm enjoying talking about it. My memory of Pinocchio, yeah. like thinking about all the scenes. I'm like, oh, I love that scene. Yeah. I love that scene. It was kind of a slog to watch. It's so boring. What do you think the ideal runtime of Pinocchio would be? 30 to minutes. To keep all the time. Yeah, I was going to say. To keep there's, all the things that you care about. About 30 minutes. Yeah, it, unless there's like a big restructuring because there's so much lonely Geppetto. Although here's the thing. Geppetto is the biggest filler, but I almost wouldn't mind more Geppetto because I'm more entertained. Okay, here's. I'm more entertained by Geppetto and Figaro and yeah. Cleo, like that little world that they have. I like that. They spend a literal half hour on it, like yeah. before Pinocchio it's is so even born, like whittled, I guess. <laughs> Widow. Uh, <laughs> I guess Pinocchio exists. He just wishes it was yeah. a boy. In it. Anyway, they spend so much time there, and then you're like, where's, where's the title of my where's movie? Pinocchio. But that's a more interesting world to me. Then the, I guess now let's we can transition into talking about like what why are we doing these episodes around Halloween? Mm. Pinocchio is not a Halloween movie. Over the Garden Wall is the characters are literally trick or treating when they fall to their potential death. Yeah, it's it's I, I would describe it as I mean yeah it's it's a Halloween movie yeah but it's a very autumn movie yes the movie starts in autumn like mm-hmm. it kind of goes through the season a little bit there are some seasons in the like, unknown you start with pump, their, like pumpkin town mm-hmm. and then there's like a t- turkey there yeah and by the end it's very snowy yeah so it's like a little autumnal it's a little the the death of everything into winter i was gonna say like that's more of a yeah. death metaphor than a seasonal but like the seasons theme. are the death mm-hmm. so it's right i mean it feels very appropriate to watch as the world dies around us um in, happy 2020 happy 2020 and also happy fall yeah. so that's great um pinocchio is is not right but it's spooky it's it a is, little scary pinocchio is scary yeah pinocchio is straight up scary it's got body horror La- yeah it's got a giant monster fish monster whale shark whale, fish shark orca benjamin <laughs> it's like I mean and it's a creepy doll that comes to life I don't the doll is not as creepy as the original illustrations that oh my was god a, right. that was a consider well the original illustrations actually look more like the Shrek Pinocchio yeah um and the uh, Frank and Ollie those animators um made designs based on that based on the original and Walt was like no too creepy make yeah. him look more like a boy with- make it Make it look with fun. With a wooden limb, like wooden joints. Like, <laughs> it's got to be a boy. Um, Yeah, but it's, like, all of the Honest John stuff is creepy just because, like, Honest John, I mean, it's good character design that he's, like, this que- creepy swindler, con mm-hmm. man, trickster guy. Um, But what's the first, what's the first trickery? Is Stromboli. And so, like, Stromboli's scary. Stromboli is... Um, I, I've seen a lot. It's like evil of, Santa kind like, of character early, design. Re, early, like reviews of the time being like Stromboli is an amazing villain mm. because he can make you laugh and you're also scared of him. Yeah. Like he goes between the two and like. I'd watch a greatest showman about Stromboli. Oh yeah. That'd be really good. Yeah. He's, he's, he's very scary. Yeah. 
I can picture him in my mind right now, and he's yeah. like very exaggerated, yeah. and he's got the, those big old Mr. T tall teeth. Yeah, and like he's he's great. He's imposing. Imposing. I think I so I think one of the things that is like intentional and successful spooky about the movie now that I'm thinking about it is that a lot of these villainous figures like Stromboli or Monstro, you're kind of seeing from Pinocchio's perspective. Mm. Like the camera angles are lower. Like yeah. they are visually imposing figures, yeah. um, which is cool and nightmarish. But then there are parts that are nightmarish that I'm not sure how much they... Like, I mean, okay, so we have to talk about these donkeys, right? Like Donkey. We have to talk about these kids that turn into donkeys. Yeah, jackasses. Jackasses. And that's the, like, I have a disdain for that word, jackass, the way that some people have for, like, moist. Like, I'm not offended by the term, but I just, I don't like the term jackass. And I think it's because of this movie. Wow. They say jackass so much that I associate it with that terrifying hee-haw sound yeah that the boys make so the did that come out of me oh my god yeah so like honest john's first trick and yeah these are foxes everyone else in the it's a fox and a cat a fox and the cat there are so many humans in this movie yeah jiminy cricket i get right he's He's like a cricket. cricket that sneaks in and the other animals in geppetto's care don't talk they're animals even though did you know that mel blanc was hired to voice figaro and then they decided Figaro was going to be mute. And so there are three um, instances of a single Mel Blanc hiccup in the movie. <laughs> and so Mel Blanc is in uh, got, Voice of Bugs Bunny got, and like all the, of Looney like Tunes. The Voice of Looney Tunes uh-huh. does a hiccup. Three times. Three times. In it's Pinocchio. one hiccup. It occurs three times. Awesome. As Figaro, yeah. That's awesome. I think it's Mel Blanc, by the way. Mel Blanc. Okay. Great. That's all. It's Mount Blanc, right? Mount. I don't I mean, think he's a mountain. A mountain. Yeah. I think he's a man. Um, so yeah, he's like a mountain of a man. There's a cat that's a regular sized cat, and there's also a cat that's a bipedal Bi- human. Yeah. It's very, humanoid. it's very Pluto goofy. Yes, yes. Like, why is Honest John a fox? It works, but like, why? Yeah. Maybe he's a naughty boy who's been turned into a fox. But the donkeys are anyway. So the conceit is that they're bringing. They met this guy who traffics naughty boys mm-hmm. into this pleasure island amusement park. Yes, uh, drugs not, them. Not, sorry, not naughty boys. Stupid boys. Stupid and they use the word naughty, don't they? Do they? Okay, I think he, so. He's like when he meets Honest John to like discuss it. He's like. I'm looking for stupid boys that cut school. Yeah, like unruly, naughty. I feel yeah. like rules are or those words are used. Takes them to Pleasure Island, drugs them. Drugs them. Like with the alcohol, right? Like what turns them into donkeys? I think it's the alcohol. No. What are you serious? Donkeys? No, I don't know. It's them acting like jackasses. But only in Pleasure Island they turn into donkeys. That's correct. They were acting like jackasses before. Yeah, but this, here they can be like extra jackasses. So it's the air that turns them into jackasses. No, it's their behavior that turns them into jackasses. I think there's a drink involved because Pinocchio. Here's my evidence. I was kind of falling asleep during this part, so yeah. let's not take my. I'm an unreliable narrator. Yeah. But the red-haired kid that he's kind of friends with, yeah. right? 
is like drinking his beer or whatever and playing pool and then starts to turn into a donkey. Yeah. The way other kids have, but we don't know that yet. And Pinocchio looks at him and he goes, "Uh uh-oh. And then he like kind of either pushes away his beer or he's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to push away the beer. But he's already had some. So that's a joke. Oh. Um, It's a joke that is. I took it as world building. It is a joke that is standard in a lot of old movies Mm. um, and referenced also in The Simpsons Mm. uh, often. The thing is, you've got a drunk Mm -hmm. and then he sees something that can't possibly be there like he sees an elephant run through the city uh-huh. and he's like huh and then he throws his whiskey bottle down because he's oh. like well i'm giving up drinking because i'm seeing elephants okay it's like yeah that's the joke so he does that with the cigar and he does that with the alcohol neither turns him into a donkey so now this makes less sense and i'm more scared really that just kids can turn into donkeys if they yeah. Can behave that much as jackasses? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's basically a, like a, a moral. It's a. Not a mystery. It's a moral. Yeah. It's, it's. We have a, we have a. Um, but it's a, it's an a, old fairy tale. An eight-year-old friend. Yeah. Who, that's how she, des- the opposite is how she describes Frozen too. It's not a moral. It's a mystery. Yeah. Um, but so that's, that's the whole thing. And the. The weird old man who collects children explained that. He's like, we let them loose on Pleasure Island. Uh-huh. They act like jackasses until they become jackasses. Ew. Yeah. That's worse. Yeah. I hate this already because when they start, they like grow ears and a tail first. Yeah. And then they bray in this really terrifying, like. This horrible heat. Whatever they did with the Foley artist or actual donkeys to create this sound, they created the most terrifying donkey sound. Or I think they just made it with their mouths. Maybe. Um, And then they hee haw and then they turn into full donkeys. Now, the full donkeys are like a little cute. They're like. Even the ones that can talk? Like little burritos. Um, Burro? But like the half donkey, half humans are bad news. Yeah. Bad. Like I, as much as I hate the highwayman, which is in one episode of Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. Over the Garden Wall is 2D animated, but the highwayman is like weird forced perspective CGI. Yeah. He's. He sings like a creepy song in a bar for 20 seconds. I thought this scene, the first time it felt like several hours that this scene was on and you know how i should have known that you would hate the highwayman why i love the highwayman any anytime i see something that i'm like oh that is so like cool and weird i know it's something that you are gonna give me a panic attack poorly to (laughs) um but yeah like yeah those donkeys are creepy they're bad uh if it helps in the original pinocchio story the non-disney one uh Pinocchio does get fully turned into a donkey and then sold so that he can be killed and skinned and turned into a drum. But that, that is the premise here, but too, the guy, not, not with Pinocchio. The guy takes Pinocchio donkey and throws him into the ocean so that he'll drown. Oh, my God. Uh, and then Pinocchio comes out as a puppet and he's like, my donkey skin fell off. How does he undonkey in the movie? I forget now. Because he comes to he comes back to Geppetto with ears. Yeah, it's it's like after he saves Geppetto. Yeah, which that is a very. I mean, I started singing Little Mermaid, and I was correct. 
because Geppetto lands on that beach just like Prince Eric. Yeah. Like, that is lifted from Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. That's, that like, same pants and everything. Yeah. Same weird uh, calf pants. Uh, Calf pants? Oh. Caprice. See, I heard calf like a cow because I was still on the oh. donkey kids. No. Uh, um, Pinocchio yeah, is horrifying. This Pinocchio, oh, it's and this so... is, I think, probably the least scary version of Pinocchio. Oh, I'm sure. I'm really excited for um, the, uh, Guillermo del Toro's. In a fun Venn diagram twist yes. on this episode, uh, yeah, Guillermo del Toro is producing a stop motion Pinocchio, mm-hmm. which, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be terrifying, yeah. which is great, which is perfect for Pinocchio, yeah. but he has hired Patrick McHale creator and writer of Over the Garden Wall to write on Pinocchio, which I think will work really, really well. Yeah, it seems like a perfect combination. Yeah, But that's, okay, but this drum skin thing is mentioned in the Disney movie. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 creating donkeys donkeys to sell donkeys and then kill donkeys. So crazy. And it, like, makes it the kid's fault, right? Like, one of the morals of this movie is... If you're a bad kid, you will be kidnapped, trafficked, drugged, turned into a donkey, and murdered. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. I, I thought it was like all those like 1980s ads and PSAs that gave me like real stranger danger. Oh, my it God. It might have been Pinocchio. This is real bad because yeah. it kind of puts it on the kid, right? Like, yeah. It doesn't glorify Honest John or anything. But no, like, but... It, it is very victim blaming. Puts it on the kid. And there are some scenes in particular that like, I don't know, just make me extra yeah. uncomfortable. Like there are some really icky subtexts yeah. in some of these scenes. That, but but the uh, warning, the warning on the, the video is for uh, alcohol and tobacco. Alcohol. Sure. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Not. Those are the only problems else. with it. I, hey, at least it's. One of the least racist movies we've watched from early Disney. That is true. They call Stromboli a gypsy. Uh, That's in The Hunchback, too. But I don't believe Um, he's intended to be Romani. I think he's just like a traveler. Well, so, I mean, maybe that's worse, right? Like, I mean, but I'm I'm just saying, like, they only say it once. Right. They don't use it to refer to a race. Right. For 1940? Right. Pretty good. No, and it's only used like once or twice as opposed to the yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame, which just uses it like 40 times. Yeah. Can uh, I can I also tell you an interesting Stromboli fact? Sure. The Stromboli, uh, which is kind of like a... Um, it's kind of like a calzone, Kind of right? like a calzone. Um, it's open-ended? It, it, is that right? Is it like no uses, I think, mozzarella cheese instead of ricotta. Ah. And I think does have sauce or doesn't have sauce i don't know has sauce i think anyway stromboli uh, was not made a, it was not a food until like 1950 oh. and it was not named after pinocchio it was named after a different movie named the movie stromboli what is oh, okay is stromboli a okay I is stromboli the name of a character in the stories i don't probably know. right i think so yeah that's interesting because yeah. the the Never mind. Great. In Over the Garden Wall, character names have very specific references. Yeah. But not in Pinocchio so much. Kate, do you you want to 
I I think it would be good for us to start uh, wrapping up soon. But so in general, though, yeah. I want to talk about like both of these movies are steeped in fairy tale lore, yes, right? That's true. Pinocchio being an actual kind of serial fairy tale, um, and Over the Garden Wall having roughly one bajillion fairy tale references mm-hmm. in it, but both, like you said earlier in the episode, dark fairy tales right yes. the way that fairy tales kind of started out with the and not Grimm's brothers not and- like oh it's dark fairy tales it's right oh god what is like not um hansel and gretel vampire hunters right. or whatever not like that not, not goth that. fairy just, tales just fairy tales right yeah um so i wanted to talk a little bit about that because Do i it. feel especially in over the garden wall and just talking about the character names in general like like you said earlier, there's a lot of like, okay, we went to art school and we know all these things and we want to bury all these Easter eggs yeah. in the movie. And there's so much of that in Over the Garden Wall. Like every episode of this show that we do, we research the movies a little bit. Over the Garden Wall, there are so many Reddit threads yeah. and fan theories and like, you know, think pieces on blogs and stuff about this movie because there are a lot, a lot, a lot of references. Yeah. And just because it is a type of media that appeals to kind of these like nerdy, look at all these fairy tale things and yeah. look at all these like art song and opera like, references. In that way, it like kind of reminds me of Hamilton, mm. which is like musical theater written by a guy who really loves musical yeah. theater yeah and also really loves hip-hop yeah. and references both of them mm-hmm. constantly yeah and say what you will about the message of hamilton yeah um the writing is re- just packed full of yes. of stuff very dense like yeah you can you can read like the million references that are put into hamilton of like mm-hmm. golden age musicals and 90s hip-hop mm-hmm. um and over the garden wall is like similar, like, like okay. I, let's just start listing. Okay, Hansel uh, and Gretel, both the story and the opera, the Gilbert yeah. Humperdinck opera, are both referenced in this. The Beast has a theme from the opera yep. that's in the opera. It's the kid's father, but it's used more demonically here. Yeah. Do you have another reference? I don't know. What at? am I referencing? Just references? Anything. A- anything. Oh, The Old Mill. Yeah. The the Disney short um, that's like widely cited as one of the most impressive pieces of, of early mm-hmm. animation. Um, mm-hmm. The first episode of this is called The Old Grist Mill. Yes. And I think there's like a shot of an owl that's like lifted directly yeah. from or um, I- intended to copy a shot from The Old Mill. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of... So I think Miyazaki also does a lot of this like fairy tale referencing, yeah. and there are some Miyazaki references. Yeah, like Aunt, Auntie Whispers' yeah, giant and, head. Yeah, the yeah. whole Auntie Whispers episode yeah. is super Mia- like the yeah. Lorna turns in. Is it Lorna? Yeah, basically turns good, into good memory. No face, no name, no face, no face. No yeah. Face. Um, so like that's cool. It's like it's referencing both fairy tale stories and other animated fairy tales yeah. and other animated children's material like the skeletons in the pumpkin town episode are like clearly a silly symphony like almost like frame for frame yeah. the way they dance yeah yeah and that's just so cool to me yeah that both of these are 
cautionary fairy tales, but they spin it such different directions. I was reading about reviewers of Pinocchio both at the time and since that it's like this is a very like middle class capital middle class capitalist fairy tale and like mm. you must work hard and have good ethics to like get ahead in the world and not succumb to the evils of the world like steeped in you know what now we you know have recognized as like ah, components of white supremacy culture i mean like, it, this kind of like perfectionism felt, and you work hard and it you... felt pretty ayn randy yes yeah. uh yeah there's a lot there's a lot of like well, you're responsible for your own choices. And mm-hmm. and it's your fault if you get tricked and yikes. Yeah. Whereas Over the Garden Wall takes that dark morality mm-hmm. thing. And it I feel like it, I think update is too simplistic of a term, but it, yeah. it um, feels very, it feels much more relevant for a 21st century audience and a 21st century audience. Uh, type of storytelling that like yes these kids kind of need to grow up a little bit along the way like there is especially in the the beast you know targeting Wirt first that Wirt is like on the edge of like preteen teenager Mm -hmm. like he's about to kind of graduate from childhood and what does that mean is that like the death of childhood is that a separate death on its own but also there's this idea of like you know, you're going to be better off when you work together, I think is one kind of overarching theme of this. Yeah. That's, they don't so much hammer it over the head, but like if they listen to Beatrice or if they like, you know, Wirt and Gregory talk to each other instead of going off on their own little missions, they're going to advance farther. Yeah. And there's some cautionary moral aspects in that. I feel like Wirt is often like he's he's – like a freshman or eighth grade, something, something like, like he's, that. He's he's a early teen, mm-hmm. and I feel like part of his thing is that he is rejecting childhood because mm. he's like, no, I'm not going to do this fun, silly thing with you, Greg. Mm. I'm not interested in that. I am an adult now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the death of childhood is definitely explored a lot. Mm-hmm. Being serious, but also like, there is some, like taking personal responsibility right as like well no you're you're the older sibling you're you're a teenager this kid's like four you have to take care of him that's right that's your job right like and there's like there's i am sure more dynamics about the um the brother you didn't kind of want or ask for yeah because greg is not his actual brother, like not his half his... brother. Their moms are the same, different dads, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His mom remarried. Uh, we find that out in the beautiful song he sings, uh, <laughs> that he kind of makes up on the spot. Uh, is um, it potatoes and molasses? Is that the correct title? Uh, no, I mean oh. the song after the highwayman. That Wirt sings. Oh, that Wirt sings. They're like, sing us your song, and he's like, uh, my name's Wirt and his name's Greg, and. We're traveling together because my mom remarried. <laughs> there are so many lyrics in Potatoes and Molasses. Potatoes and Molasses is, is great. Um, I want to give a shout out to my favorite song, though, which is um, 
uh, I forget what it's called. It's like low Eloheim or something like that. But it's basically it's it's a it um, a Latin uh, translated version of potatoes and molasses. Yes. Uh, potato ate Which, molasses. If you haven't seen it, it's a song Gregory makes up on the spot in the one room schoolhouse episode of it when they are served potatoes for lunch and he sees a thing of molasses on the piano that he wants to add to make the potatoes more tasty and then creates a whole musical number out of yeah. it. Also, uh, just to be clear, this is a one room school to teach animals how to read and write. That's also weird, right? Like so great. That's a little Pinocchio-ish. The deer with the glasses on is one of my favorite things. There's some in the really whole world. interesting, like simple things like that, right? Yeah. Like domesticating animals or like even the fact that like um at the end like the rock fact rock that Gregory uses, he has technically stolen from a garden and by the like as he's yeah. on death's door from hanging out with the beast at the end He's like, I'm sorry I stole this rock. Can you return it? Like, just these little, almost like like a nightmare or a dream remnants of other things. Like, yeah. this, this does nightmare so well. It's not true. It's a rock fact. Um, uh, uh, also, I uh, just want to shout out in the real world part mm. of this, in the real world part of the show, you hear a lot of things that, that's seeped into Gregory's brain at some point. You hear and see, yeah. Like you hear two teenagers talking about like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, bat and ball games besides baseball. One old cat, two old cat. Yeah. Which is, is true. Uh-huh. The, there are precursor games to baseball. One of them is two old cat. Which But Gregory, Gregory plays it. by finding two old cats. Mm-hmm. That's the game. And like Wirt's crush looks a lot like the Lorna yeah. no face character yeah. and there are two kids dressed up as robbers that look a lot like the highwayman like it's just it's all of these kind of like reverse engineered again like the wizard of oz of like oh you were there and you were there cuz mm-hmm. it's kind of this dream purgatory state yeah and yeah mm. but unlo- unlike the wizard of oz it doesn't do that all i needed was home all along no there's not a clear, there's not like a stated moral at the end. Yeah. There's kind of just a lot of pieces that you need to put together as the viewer, which I love. Yeah. Before we head into the final segment, yeah. Dick, I feel like I will be stripped of my music at my music degree. Please. If I don't mention um, the Earl König, um, or the Elf King, or the Earl King, because it is translated as both, uh-huh. um, which I was thinking about. The whole second half of this Over the Garden Wall series. Which, uh, now that you've played it for me, I understand. Yeah. So it is the, like, most badass song that you are introduced to in, like, classical music theory, music history. At least it was in my college. It was a big deal the day we found out about it in music theory or history or both. Um it is a German art song by Franz Schubert about a kid who's riding a horse with his dad. And it is a dialogue. It's a solo singer, but it's a dialogue between the dad who's trying to get home and the kid who's like, well, dad, don't you see the Earl King? Who's at, like, uh, he's asked me to play with him. No, the Earl King uh, is death. And uh, <laughs> the, he keeps asking the boy, like, come play with me. 
it's much more fun over here. Yeah. Uh, and then the boy dies at the end. And it's this super creepy. We found a good animatic um, for it, actually. Um, not animatic. Animation, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but like, the, the, you know, the Earl King has his own voice and, you know, lyrics in this song. And it's very reminiscent of The Beast, who is played by an opera singer who has a version of the Earl King that's very, very creepy and yeah. excellent. Samuel Ramey, um, who does this beast part so well. Like, oh, so good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I had, I had to mention the Earl King. No. I, like, I asked you, like, several times while watching the garden wall, like, how, have, do you know about the Earl King? Do you, have you heard it? Have you heard it? Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know it? No. But now you've what? looked, you found, like, several metal versions of it, right? Yeah, it's awesome. It also kind of sounds like the, like a Batman theme, or Into the Unknown. Yeah. Also, it has a horse. Yeah, that's true. Into the Unknown. Over the Garden Wall. And Into the Unknown is the initial theme song for Over the Garden Wall. Boom. Full circle. Yeah, but not that a different Into the Unknown. Yes. Yeah. Dick. Kate. Is it time? I think it's time. Let's go into the final cut. Final cut. Series of segments where we kind of wrap things up. For like a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Scene shout out, Dick. Uh, Pinocchio. What is a scene that is especially uh, memorable for you in a positive way? Shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to go back to that uh, scene where Pinocchio is like, playing pool and smoking a cigar Mm -hmm. and like it's like it's just a very true kind of moment where like his friend's like no you gotta take a big drag off the cigar and pinocchio does take a big drag off the cigar and then gets very sick very sick because of course you do it's not good to take a giant drag off cigar you definitely should not swallow the smoke like pinocchio did Mm -hmm. it was bad but just kind of like that bad kid influence where like he's a bad kid and also he's an idiot because he's like he doesn't know how to smoke cigars right it's just like just i don't know i kind of i kind of like that like little shitty kid i forget his name i'm gonna call him jimmy shithead um the red hair kid yeah but he's like he's kind of a shitty kid he's a bad influence uh he reminds me of the other mouse in american tale who calls fievel philly oh Pinocchio has large, great Fievel vibes, yeah. too. Yeah. He's less obnoxious than Fievel, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does remind me of Philly. Yeah. But yeah, like, the kid's a jerk, and I like him. Also, when he turns into a donkey and goes, did that come out of me? For some reason, that is just embedded in my you have, skull. I mean, in the same way that <laughs> you best believe in, in ghost stories, yeah. Mr. Turner. You're in one. Yeah. Just comes out of my brain like, at random times. I bet there was like a... Disney, yeah. like, promo video or something where that was part of it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just remember. Did that come out of me? Very well. It did. And yeah. it was terrifying. Yeah. I'd like to shout out, and I had to look up the title because I have always called it something different. Um, Little Woodenhead. The song that Pinocchio, or not, that Geppetto sings uh-huh. to Pinocchio before he is brought to life by the Blue Fairy. Which is the same... Tune as got no. Oh, that yeah, yeah. But I always thought it was called Little Wooden Boy, not Little Wooden Head. He's got a little wooden head. So, 
it's part of this, <laughs> right, like 30-minute exposition to a 90-minute movie. Yeah. However, it is cute, right? Like, Geppetto's like, oh, I wish I had, like, a real son. Like, also just probably a, another human companion. Geppetto's <clears throat> to, very sad and to, very lonely. To clarify, he never says he wants a son. He just he says he wants a boy. Another creepy subtext a li- of this he movie. He wants a live boy. Yeah. Um, he carves his perfect boy <laughs> and wants him to come to life. Um. Anyway, at this point, it's still sweet. Uh, <laughs> he, but he like takes the marionette and he dances around the yeah. room with it. And the he cat pets, is dancing. He pets Figaro. The cat is dancing and the fish is dancing and the cuckoo clocks are making sound. And it's this very sweet little scene where like you you get to know who Geppetto is. Even yeah. if it's weird what he wants, it's kind of his I want song, right? Yeah. Um, it's just very endearing. I really like the Geppetto scenes and wish the whole movie could just kind of be that slow and boring so it wouldn't give me nightmares. Does Pinocchio have any other wooden parts? What do you mean? Little wooden head, mm-hmm. a little wooden arm, mm-hmm. little wooden nose, uh-huh. little wooden. What are you thinking of? Little wooden foot, little wooden seat, little wooden seat. He's got a little wooden oh, that's seat. Right. That's in the. That's in the song. Yeah, little wooden seat. Little wooden seat. That's cute. That's all. Uh, that's what I'd like to shout out in Pinocchio. Is his little seat? No. No. Little wooden head. Okay. What about over the garden wall? Everything. <laughs> I do. Okay. I really like individual scenes, and I want to give a, uh, I want to nominate or mm-hmm. special what is it called, honorary mention. Sure. To like the specifically the Hansel and Gretel opera references because yeah. that's something that I have used before in my classroom and the ra la 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 ra la 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 da 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 like yeah. they adapt it so that it's creepy <laughs> instead of just a father. Um, that and there's um when Greg uh, has his like dream sequence, there's like a group of cartoon angels that wrap around oh them. Oh my god! It's and so there's weird. specifically an angel song in the Hansel and Gretel opera that that's basically lifted from too. So nice. like those are cool Easter eggs for a music major. I'm going to scene shout out any time they <laughs> use that creepy ass spotlight effect. Oh yeah, it's this so is cool. A lot in the first episode and a lot in the last episode. Yeah where you it's it is almost like a theatrical spotlight effect where you can see one part of the screen and the rest is either blurred or darkened but you know that there is a lot of the rectangular frame that you just don't know what's there yeah. and it's the creepiest most effective kind of like foreboding ominous energy and it also matches this idea of like this is the most accurate i've seen something in real life portray a nightmare that idea of like i'm looking at words but i can't scramble them in the right order or i can't and this spotlight creates that effect where like i know there's so much but i can't it's just out of my vision this thing that i need to see so effective the first episode of this creeped me out the first time i saw it and then after seeing it, I'm like, okay, this show isn't so scary. Then when we started to rewatch it, I'm like, oh my God, maybe this is a lot scarier than I remember. <gasps> maybe I've blacked out because this first episode uses that spotlight yeah. so much that it it just sucks you in and makes you instantly aware that you know nothing. And yeah. it's just really good. Yeah. 
that is the that is the scene I'm shouting out. That's great. Yeah. Um, I am going to shout out. Uh, it's a small scene. Uh, again, this is just like a very true mm. thing that just like grounded me so much in the character. Um, is uh, I, I I'm gonna like make it a two parter. It's mm-hmm. two different scenes, but. The first is in the Unky Endicott episode where Wirt and Beatrice are locked in a like a, a closet. Mm-hmm. And Beatrice is like, she tells Wirt her secret, which is that she's like not a bluebird and she's cursed. Mm-hmm. And he tells her his darkest secret, which is he has a crush on a girl. Mm-hmm. And he made her a tape of poetry and clarinet and clarinet (laughs) and that's his deepest darkest Uh secret and it's so cute because he's so embarrassed Mm -hmm. and it's like it's nothing so earnest yeah it's zero um but pairing that with the scene back in the real world uh and i think it even starts the episode you see wirt like pull the tape out like he's making this tape for Sarah and it says for Sarah on it. He like pulls it out of the tape player, throws it to the ground and then like picks it up and respindles it. Yeah. Like I was just like, yeah, I've been there. I I was a boy who made tapes for girls. Aw. Yeah. Aw. Oh yeah. They're real. They were real embarrassing. Yeah. That's really sweet though. But it's like, I think it's a, I want, to put myself out there to see if you accept me, but I don't want to be there when it happens. Mm. Here's a tape. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would I would make tapes, and it was just as embarrassing as uh, as it was for Wirt. Oh. Yeah. 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 So that's my that's my like kind of dual shout out. Nice. Yeah. MVP. Okay. I, I'm I'm ready. You, you please go first. Um. Oh, I want both. Oh, no. I know. Oh, shoot. I'm not going to shout out the one you're going to shout out. Okay. Will you shout out the other one that I'm thinking of? No. Okay. I don't know what they are, but no. I mean, I have to, I just, I have to shout out Gregory. Yes, you do. Gregory is my, I mean, in the pantheon of Cellmates podcasts, uh, you know, Kate's school of best characters ever, right? There's like Ralph Wiggum, mm-hmm. Mater... Uh, the kid from Monster House, um, and Gregory. Like, yeah. he's so great. He's this happy-go-lucky kid. He says what he whatever's on his mind, and it's not related to anything. And yet, he's got a heart of gold, and he sacrifices himself for his brother. But just anything that comes out of his mouth, like right, like something batshit insane happens. Well, ain't that the way it is? Ain't right. that the way? Ain't, yeah, ain't that the way? Uh, and yeah, he's he got just such moves a on. Weird old way of speaking. He's not afraid of anything, which is a very cool like child. Like he is not leaving childhood, right? No. Like he's squarely in it. He's not afraid of this beast. Like the beast asks him to bring these objects to him, and he's like, "Well, this isn't a golden comb, but it's it's a honeycomb, so it's kind of gold." Like. He does not care that, like, the beast might beat him up or kill him for this, like, oversight. He's like, well, uh, this is this is what I think, so this is what's happening. His songs are great. His rock facts are great. Gregory, he 
he puts a kettle on his head upside down and calls himself an elephant it's got a for trunk. Halloween. Yeah. Oh, and like I love that you don't find that out until the no end. These kids are just one is kind of dressed like a weird wizard and one has a kettle on his head. And you're like, all right, these are how these characters are dressed. And he's just like got a ton of candy in his pants. That he for leaves some reason. as a Hansel and Gretel trail. Well, yeah. I'm going to call you Candy Pants. Wow, awesome. <laughs> all right, Dick, who are you shouting out? Petrovic Blasting Company. Whoa. Yes. Um, what? Before I get into that, I have... Is that like the fireman's insurance company that That's, produced oh Food Fight? Oh my God, right? Um, no, but, but before I do that, I do want to give uh, some quick minor... MVPs okay. uh, for Over the Garden Wall. All right. Uh, Patrick McHale, uh-huh. obviously. Uh, Elijah Wood, yeah. who is, uh, plays Wirt. He's great. Uh, Melaine M- M- Linsky, who I don't really know. She plays Beatrice. Okay. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, Jack Jones, John yeah. Cleese, Shirley Jones, Fred Stoller, who plays Fred the Horse. I want to steal. Uh, Chris Yay! Isaac, Tim Curry, B.B. Newworth. Uh, Thomas Lennon, anyone involved. You're talking about the casting director then? Shannon Sossaman. Samuel Raimi. Yeah. He's almost who I chose as oh my, my MVP. Oh my God, he's so good. He's so creepy. He's the best villain voice. Yeah. Like, I want him to do a Disney He's the beast, movie. and he's just got such a good... Yeah. No. Um, the Blasting Company, originally known as Petrovic Blasting Company, uh, do all the music. They... Oh, yeah, yeah. They write kind of weird old-timey music and they i think make over the garden wall perfect yes because i think with like the music is part of what sets it the music like who's who said elijah wood said elijah wood said if this miniseries was a record it would be played on a phonograph yeah he was talking about the miniseries at large but it applies to the music as yeah. well like, like the music feels like it's a hundred years old mm. and it's super fresh like it was it was written for this mm-hmm. much of it right like it's it's so good and i've i've listened to you know other releases of theirs and it's all just this kind of like weird old I don't know. It's like, it sounds like something that I f- like might have found in like cleaning out my great grandpa's house. Mm. And it's not. Uh, it's just, it's really cool. Uh, I I love the music in Old, Over the Garden Wall. It is not a musical, nope. but it is a show with music in it. That's correct. And the music is stellar. Mm. Uh, so big shout out to them. Whenever you listen to it, like when you're taking a shower, which you will sometimes do. That's true. I'll be out here. I'll be like, what? What, what scary music is he listening? Oh, it's over the garden. What? Like, Potatoes why am I immediately Amalexis. unsettled yeah. out here? Like, especially listening to it like through a door at mm-hmm. low volume. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. It's very effective. Yeah. If we were going to cross over yeah. elements of these two movies and create something new... I've 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 got several. You start it. I'm gonna save my real one for our next segment. Uh-huh. But I uh would love for Gregory and Figaro to get together for a play date. Oh. Figaro is uh, real fun as a cat, but also like 
you know, has his limits. Like, there's a, there's a point where it reaches enough fun. Gregory doesn't have that limit. So it would be interesting to see them interact and see what Figaro would tolerate and when Figaro would be done and when and what Gregory would do after Figaro's done, but before Gregory figures that out. That sounds really lovely. You want to you be there for it? Then yeah. You saw a cat in our alley the other I day. I saw a cat, yeah. I'm glad you didn't bring it home because I'm allergic, but my I'm niece, glad you got to see it. My niece saw a library cat. His name is Booker. Yeah. A real cat. I want to go to the library. I guess now. it's a cat you can just play with at the library. It doesn't seem like the greatest idea in Corona times. But like for a kid to just like put its hands on a cat and then another kid but I, puts his hands on a cat. In I, fairness, I do think that it is the library up at my grandma's old house, yeah, my mom's house. It's in like rural Michigan. And there still, are three children in that entire town. That is true. And two of them are belong to your family. Yeah. Like, that. <laughs> like there are no people there. Yeah, so that's fair. So I think it's probably okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess in northern Michigan, you have library cats instead of bodega cats. Library cats. Yeah. Did so that's my MVP, library how cat. You, how would you cross over these two titles? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean... The crossover I would want is for Patrick McHale to write a new Pinocchio, but that's already happening. Wait till the next segment. Mm-hmm. So I can't really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I I want to I I would like to see uh, Wirt and Craig like face the perils that Pinocchio faced Ooh. and see how they would differently handle yeah, them. Yeah. Because like. <laughs> the there's one point uh towards the end of over the garden wall where like the beast is like ah oh, his soul is in the lantern and you have to carry that lantern mm-hmm. and we're just like what that doesn't make sense <laughs> and i think that'd be a really fun just like kind of that attitude mm-hmm. for like you know uh, uh honest john and yeah. the cat to be like ah, oh, we're gonna make you an actor he's like well we don't want to be actors <laughs> What, we don't we don't what, have the credits for that. Why right? would why would we go with you? Yeah. Um I just like just see how they differently handle things. That would be a fun series. No. That'd be really cool. Correct. Like Dick, I believe it's time for the final Final cut. Cut? Correct. Final final cut cut. Where we take each of these movies and decide do we re release as is? Do we provide a special edition of some kind? Uh-huh different medium or this or just a different cut of the movie or do we throw it in the vault along with uh the emoji movie i guess now yeah, yeah. what yep. do we do dick for, uh, which, for... which movie let's start no let's start with pinocchio let's okay. just do it yeah uh yeah pinocchio is a hard one i it is a masterpiece of animation mm-hmm but not of storytelling. Mm-mm. It is uh, brilliant to to look at, but not to watch. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it has one of the most memorable songs in Disney history, but it is not really in the movie. Nope. I think you just have to keep it as is. But if I was going to do a special edition, I would make it the Pinocchio that is in my head in my memory from when I was a child. Because, like, I remember 
really loving Pinocchio. And then I watched it. I'm like, well, this isn't the movie that is in my head. So mm-hmm. that's what I want. I just want yeah. it to live up uh, storytelling wise to what it does for animation. Yeah. 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 Uh, original animation I put in a museum, right? But like. As oh, a museum? Said, yeah, a museum. Wow. You never do that. But like you said, uh, I want. I mean, the Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro movie will be really interesting with mm-hmm. Patrick McHale writing, but I want. Honestly, I want a Pinocchio in the style of an Over the Garden Wall miniseries. Yeah. You take the episodes from from the movie and from the original serial yeah. and you you give Pinocchio and maybe it's like Pinocchio and Jiminy, right? Are like the the Wirt and Gregory. You give them a stronger dynamic. You give them a beginning and a middle and end for each story and then a new story story starts over. As so- a, in the original serial, he kills the cricket. He kills yeah. Jiminy Cricket like immediately, really early yep. on. Oh, that won't happen here. Um, okay. And I'd love for Patrick McHale to write it because Pinocchio is prime. Like it would fit just like you said with like Gregory and Wirt going into Pinocchio's story. Pinocchio would be prime for this kind of over the garden wall nightmare, yeah, cloudy kind of mood. Where you don't really know what's going on and these weird things are happening and it's okay, but it's not okay. Just, I I, I want to see the, the 10 part Patrick Hale Pinocchio yeah. in 2D animation with some neat special effects. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What about Over the Garden Wall, Dick? Re-release special edition vault? Well, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Here's the thing I want to say. Um... I really love Over the Garden Wall. I think it's uh, one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Mm-hmm. But the Hulu version, mm. uh, when you watch it in order, mm-hmm. does not have the intro song before each episode. Here's the thing, Dick. I don't know if it's supposed to be there. Did you look up? I don't care if it's supposed to okay, be there. Great. I love the intro song. Yeah. And I want it to be there every episode. And especially with the visuals it presents, right? Sure. Yeah. But the thing for me is that you get that intro song before every episode. Mm -hmm. So that song is glued into your head Mm. by the time you get the final episode and hear the full version of the song. Mm -hmm. And I think it really... like. It really helps that to resonate emotionally. Yeah. When I'm hearing this song that's been starting an episode to finally kind of end the adventure. Right. Um, I know it's not necessarily supposed to be there before every episode. Mm-hmm. And it's a little repetitive if you watch 10 episodes it's in a, a row. a fairly long song for an 11 minute. But for me, I really liked having it there. Yeah. Well, and the... The one that happens in the first episode, you have all these clips of what you later know are Beatrice's family and the pumpkin village and the turkeys. And And you kind of learn more as you're going. And at the end, the song plays again and it kind of it presents the resolutions to all those little clips of like what each of those um, communities is doing now. Kind of an epilogue. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. So that's that's. The only, the literal only change I would make to that, um, I love this 
please go see it if you haven't. It's on Hulu. It's a re-release for me, and it's a like maybe Cartoon Network does this anyway, but like I would love for this to become a tradition like Rudolph, right? Where like oh. it is aired Halloween weekend. This every is year. a thousand times better than Great Pumpkin. Y- yo, well, you don't have to tell me that anything's better than Peanuts, yeah. but um, yeah, I would love because. It's two hours, right? Like on a network, it would be three hours with commercials. You just air it every Halloween, right? If you could do a Christmas story for 24 hours, you can definitely do Over the Garden Wall once every Halloween. That's true. And, you know, you'd get more people every year and there's there's just so much mm, meat and lore to it that it it should become an American tradition. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, Dick, we made it. We made it through. Yeah, we did. Into good. the unknown, out we, of the unknown. We made it through the wilderness. Over, sideways, under. We finally made it through. Yeah, you're bringing a lot more do you now. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Dick, if uh, anyone would like to suggest a movie to us for like a future Pinocchio. pairing, Pinocchio. Hey. A single. Oh, that's that's. Living in, like a boy for the very first time. No, but it's in Rudolph, right? What? Had a very shiny nose. Like a like virgin? A bulb. No. Uh, oh, names like Pinocchio. That's it. I was singing Madonna. I know you were. Okay. But for a minute, I thought you were singing Rudolph. No. After you sang Madonna. Dick, if, if someone would like to suggest a pairing for us or a single movie that they'd like to see paired on this episode, uh, where where could they find us on the I internet? Mean, the best bet would be to like text us. No, please don't. Text us. Five, five, five. <laughs> Five 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 five. No, you can find us at Cellmates Podcast on Twitter, Cellmates Podcast on Facebook, CellmatesPodcast.com, or CellmatesPodcast at gmail.com. That's right. We do our best to check all of those things. And Dick does his best to check all those things. I'm in charge of posting content. Wait, here. I'm in charge of checking? Oh. Uh-oh. You're, you are better than, at checking the email. I check the email once every six months because I assume you're doing it. Yeah. Hey, by the way, if you've emailed us recently, Whoops. <laughs> uh, we I think we both thought each other was checking the email. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you've emailed us recently, we'll check it now. Twitter or Facebook then, probably better because at least that has a <laughs> notification automatically. That's true. Uh, cool. For some this podcast. Uh-huh. I'm Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. Into the unknown. Over the garden wall. Over the garden garden wall. Pinocchio. It is not recording the bars move, but our thing. What?